Uh, holy shit. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> That's the only way to describe the last like four hours and actually this whole day. This is the Sunday night slash now officially Monday morning edition. The last regular season edition of the PFF forecast. We're going to talk about that incredible game. Um, how Brandon Staley may have completely blown a chance of the playoffs for the Chargers. Um, a couple other takeaways from today's incredible set of games and then we're on to the wild card we're going to guess the lines and talk about uh, the lines for every wild card game in super wild card weekend let's freaking rock Um, I think we got to start at the end of that game. So two field goals have been kicked, got a tie ball game, Raiders are marching, and it appeared that they were kind of just running the ball. Like that yeah. run play with Jacobs where the, the offensive line sort of just caved, right? And they, they yeah. tackled him and you were like, okay, they're, they're, they're okay with a tie here. Uh-huh. So in the in the post game interview, um, Michelle Tafoya asked Derek Carr about this because Brandon Staley decided to take a timeout at 38 seconds on at third thir- and four. At 38 seconds on third and four, and um, Michelle Tafoya asked Derek Carr if that changed the way they were playing the game, and he said yes. Do you think that the Raiders were actually going to uh, just let it run out, and did Brandon Staley taking a timeout? cost Justin Herbert a chance to go to the playoffs? I, well, a lot of things cost Justin Herbert a lot of things. <laughs> Did you, like, I, and I, I get nauseated at the Herbert stands because I think Herbert's amazing. Hey, hey can we focus on Brandon yeah, yeah. Staley for one but, freaking second? But, like, have you seen a player play that well and just everybody let him down in one night more than that guy? Um, but, no, like, it was crazy. I was I was on Twitter space with Rob Pizzola of Bet Stamp. And we were sort of talking through it all. And we and this was a fun game because you got a bunch of different decision makes, right? You had the go for two down nine. You had the fourth and one on your own end. You had all these great decisions. You had whether or not to go for two at the end of the regulation, right? Because mm-hmm. the clock had expired. I, I want to talk about that in yeah. a second. But but you had this decision and and yeah, because the thing is, so it was a, it was third and four at the Chargers thirty nine. Mm-hmm. You're kind of out of comfortable field goal range. Although yes. Carlson is a monster out there, by the way, you know, the, you know, crazy, crazy good kicker. And it, honestly, if you had this gentleman's agreement, that run, whether it's for ten yards, four yards, sixteen yards, you know, minus three yards, that ends the game. If Jacobs runs the ball and gets tackled somewhere on the field, and you guys both look at each other and say. Especially, especially, that's a long field goal. Yeah. If you kick that field goal and you miss, you know, I, I yeah, know he's got a lose. crazy leg, but lose. like, you know, it could get blocked, could get returned. Well, the field position in and of itself, right. that ball's at the 45 or something right. like that. If right. you kick the 46, but so how did this happen? So Jacobs ran the ball, that seven yard run was with 120. So assume like, assume five seconds comes off the clock. They run it at 115. The Chargers let that thing go all the way down until 30 points. How did that – what is Staley doing? 
because either you call it at well, I don't know what they're doing, right? Like, I so is, here, is this a is this a spirit of the game BS? So here's what I don't understand. When when we get to the end of regulation, okay. If this is any other game, by the way, Justin Herbert converts four fourth and ten pluses on final drive of the game uh, in regulation. Doesn't Brandon Staley go for two seventeen in every in the seventeen weeks prior to this week at the end of regulation? Mm-hmm. He goes for two, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he spooked a little bit though. Okay, so don't you think that then that is a sign that he was playing? For the tie, I think so. and then he got like a little, and I think that signaled to Basaccia had to have that like, hey, we're cool with a tie. But then the timeout there, he like couldn't resist, I, takes the timeout, and I think that's why we have the Pittsburgh Steelers in the fucking playoffs. In the playoffs, why Big Ben with a fifty-six PFF grade. No other quarterback in the Worth playoffs. Less than one win above replacement. No other quarterback year. in the playoffs below. 75 and big ben is going to be trotting out the trotting might be a little extreme to uh to play the chiefs on sunday night bless us all um yeah it's such a shame because it was everyone was talking about how like oh we want kneel downs we want to see a tie and the the thing that people kind of missed was no no there's a really good chance that there's a tie if these guys just play a competitive game and then we get yeah, to yeah. the end and you go, oh shit, like I can make the playoffs with the tie. So do you think, so I'm looking back at this, right? That timeout, cause I was watching it. I wasn't listening along, but like, so Carr literally said that the timeout changed the way that they played. Yes, quote unquote, that changed our strategy. So, so there are people in the, there are people in the chat who are like, oh, that literally did nothing. It's like, no, no. Derek Carr literally is telling you that they would have played for a tie I, I how, don't know how else to interpret well, and that, was that changed our strategy. And was that timeout? The, the other thing is that um, whether that timeout – so when that timeout was called, you knew that that in that situation, right, they, they could call another timeout right. after at the fourth yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. And force you th- – that's the Force point. you to make a kick. Force yes, you to you. make a kick. That is why it changed their strategy because now they said, oh, he's going to call another timeout. We need to try and pick up a first yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And the following play, what did they do? They picked up a first down. If he doesn't call that timeout, they go, okay. We Because, again, if you try and pick up a first down and you fumble – the game could be over. Again, losing is a bad thing in this situation yeah, yeah, because yeah. you are not making the playoffs, but a tie is a win. I I, it's insane. I, that, so, so was that if, the best game of the season? It, that was the best game of the it season, It was right? the most compelling game of the that season. That was fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible. So here's, here's – and I think we've all said this. I'm and sorry I, And I defended because there are people on the web who are saying stuff like, you know, hey, I, I understand what the math and analytics say, but some football sense is required. And to me, I'm going to tell every one of you. There you go. I'm, looking at the camera I'm again. Tell, I'm going to tell every one of you souls who says, oh, you just need to take football into consideration. As if these models don't have down, distance, yards to go, how good the players are, etc. Football sense is your code name for knowing the outcome before it happens. And yes, I agree. If I know the outcome of a fourth down before it happens... I wouldn't need analytics. Well, okay, so you're talking about the fourth and 1.31 yards yeah. but even, that, but even on 18. The, the two-point conversion one. 
right? Yes. But at the end of the game. Let me let me um play not devil's advocate, but let me talk you down off of the ledge over here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, By the way, you're wearing the wrong shirt today. I expected you to have the Mayor of Antigua shirt. Maybe you were not allowed to wear it because of the Colts. Perhaps that was the reason. But let me tell you what I think people mean by that. Can I? Mm-hmm. The, the, there is one thing that the a model is not entirely picking up. Okay? Do you know what that is? Heart, grit. No, the play. Now, yeah, okay, now of course. Right. Okay. But- so hold on. So the, the play is interesting because team strengths, their ability to convert, those things do show up. But it's way too small of a sample to have any real, you know, understanding about the set of plays they will run on fourth down. And this gets back to the, the this this season for the Chargers can be encapsulated by this. Mm-hmm. And I think Tej, our, uh, our, uh, one of Intern. our great interns here, yeah. tweeted it out. Justin Herbert is out here fucking carrying the entire team. Yeah. <laughs> this garbage offense on his back. He's the Lamborghini next to a teardown in the middle of the, the streets, right? Like, that is what he was this year. It's a disgrace. He was let down by his offense. He was let down by Joe Lombardi. And at the end of the game, Dude. honestly let down by Brandon Staley. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Eight, 64 passes for 383 yards is what I call the Joe Lombardi special, right? Like... I mean, Chris said it. He has a, the seventh lowest average depth of target. That is, there are a lot of crazy stats this year. I would go as far, there, and there, two of them are going to be about Justin Herbert. The first is that Justin Herbert, who has perhaps the best arm in the NFL, mm-hmm. has the seventh lowest average depth of target. Get the fuck out. You should be fired immediately. The second stat is that Justin Herbert is the highest graded quarterback in the NFL to not make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the I, others, the other, the three higher, the three quarterbacks of the higher grade than Justin Herbert are Tom Brady, 92, Joe Burrow, 91.3, Aaron Rodgers, 90, Just, uh, Justin Herbert, right below that. The, not yeah, going to the playoffs. And, and it's like, look, there's a ton of things wrong with the Chargers offense. One of them, like, is off, obviously offensive line, Storm Norton, Max Crosby, someone. Max Crosby made a call with somebody to have all these right tackles and on his slate be horrible. But tonight he ate Storm Norton's lunch. The other one is, and I, I've said this a number of times on the show, the Chargers are fifth worst in the NFL at avoiding contested targets. So like, and a lot of that comes down to something we wrote in 2020, which is secondary, tertiary, like, you know, the, the passing game is a weak link system. We all thought it was a strong link one. We watched Devontae Adams for years. We watched Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey for years. But passing games fail when their weakest link fails. And I'm sorry, like, not only is it egregious that something called, you know, I can't remember his first name, Palmer, nine targets, four yard, four catches. Jalen Guyton, I actually know his first name because he made a pretty good catch Josh on Palmer. Josh Palmer. I, look, it's late, George. It's been a long fucking day. All right, J- Jalen Guyton, nine targets. How the f- how does he have more targets? Jared Cook, seven targets. Herbert's throwing twenty targets some of these games to guys who aren't starting caliber players in the league, and like that catches up to you, right? Like the- Mike Williams is wonderful. He mm-hmm. took seventeen targets today mm-hmm. and made one hundred nineteen yards out of them for a touchdown. Shocking, so, yeah. 
uh, Keenan Allen, I think, is a little bit over the hill, but he's six catches out of eight targets, 52 yards. He's somebody. But after that, right, it's a bunch of contested plays. It's adding variance yep. to a – it's adding variance where you don't want it, right? You don't want variance as a team where you're the best, right? And that's one of the reasons, like, you know, Kansas City, best team in the NFL this year at avoiding contested plays, yep. right? Um, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, throwing to the open guy. The year he was bad in 2019 – a lot of contested plays. You do not want to inject variance into the game in the parts where you're good, mm-hmm. right? Agree. Um, and, and that's what the Chargers do. And look, there's going to be a, there's going to be books written about how this Chargers team only won nine games, right? And, and you know, special teams they they fucked up a punt return today. Uh, you know, kicking they were actually fine today. Dustin Hopkins is the first like NFL kicker they've had on their team for like a decade, but. Um, but you know, there, there's just at, in the margins, they're not very good. And let's give the Raiders some credit. Okay? I, I, we should talk about the Raiders. Like the Raiders, we bet them our by our simulation. We loved the Raiders a week ago last night. Yeah, we love the Raiders on Wednesday. Everyone and their mother loved yeah. the Chargers. Our, our simulation had How the Raiders you? with a little bit over nine wins going into the year. I that was the one that stood out the most. We bet them over six and a half. We bet them over seven. I was talking, you know, to, to Rob on the Twitter space. I was like, well, a lot of that was because of how how highly we thought of Derek Carr playing with with John mm-hmm. Gruden. Mm-hmm. That obviously went away. Rick Fisacci, like when they when you look at this this interim coach job that he's done, and it's been aided a little bit by luck, right? The Chargers being the Chargers, yep. but also the Browns having COVID, Colts being Colts ultimately suck, but like them having COVID too. They were aided a little bit, but ten and seven—that's a pretty freaking good year for the Raiders, given everything they've gone through. Yeah, the things people overlooked, by the way, in this game, in addition to the fact that the Chargers are the fucking—sorry, the Chargers—was um, was this. I don't know if people had forgotten that that John Madden had passed away, but this was a very emotional. It was game like it was like the Walter Payton passed away yep. and the bears had these random wins in 1999 a right. very yep. emotional game they they um commemorated him his family was there the second thing is that the raiders were going to have a big home field advantage in this game <laughs> chargers fans that exist are like seven of them and they ain't traveling to this game okay they had a huge home field advantage and here's the other thing and this was like Derek carr played really freaking well he did not play better than justin herbert in this game <laughs> he had two turnover worthy plays um, that didn't result in, in interceptions. Max Crosby, because here's the interesting thing, and this is why I actually, this is one of the most beneficial tools on pff.com, which by the way, promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T, 25% off right now. You can look at the lineup, right? And you can see the players and the matchups. And sometimes when you aggregate things together, you miss potential huge mismatches. The Chargers offensive line as an aggregate unit, Eric, Pretty, pretty damn solid. Their right tackle might as well be this this right here. <laughs> this was their right tackle. Not moving at all. And Max Crosby destroyed, destroyed Storm Norton. Had 10 pressures in, uh, in, in uh, regulation, I believe, and ended up, I think, with 11 or 12. It was absolutely a maniac. And a guy that is getting, getting forgotten for defensive player of the year. A lot of really good performances out there. Should not... Forget about him. He was incredible. This Raiders team, Darren Waller back. Hunter Renfro is out here turning people around. <laughs> I mean, like, we got to acknowledge that. Like, he is. And uh, I don't know, man. They're they're going to play a Bengals team here on Saturday. 
By the way, we're all going, aren't we? With our friend Austin Gale so that we can watch his Raiders. Yeah, you can go. It's a uh, – <laughs> it, well, here's the thing. It's an NBC game. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I'll be I'll be live here, okay. um, which, well, is, I, which I, is fine. That, and that's the first game. It's the first game. So, so, by the way, programming note, Saturday, the game's at 4. We'll have the PFF live show starting, I great. believe, at 2 if we're going to pattern out the way that we have all year. Starts at two. We'll have Darius Butler on at three. I'm assuming, and then, uh, yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll go watch the Raiders and the Bengals play in the playoff game. Uh, Let the, me. Add- by the way, the Bengals have not won a playoff game since January of 1991. Will they get off the the Will Raiders? They get off the shine. I yeah. can't wait to talk about this yeah. slate. I have two things that I want to cover before we get there. Um, Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert going forward, and why? Oh, I said this on the first show. Uh, I well, think, right, but we have a little more evidence now. I'll say I still say Burrow. Why? Um, I think her, so. Here's the thing. Jo, uh, Justin Herbert is one. They, we're, for one, we're splitting hairs. It's I, not yes. that far apart. But wait, why do you hate Justin Herbert? Yeah, exactly. I love Justin Herbert. Piece I'm, of shit. I actually, as a Chiefs fan, I love these out of the playoffs. Oh, like that's God. the other thing. Bringing it back to the yeah, Chiefs. But anyway. Not- but anyway, so – and by the way, that was the whole silly thing. So there was a, a tweet by uh, Pro Football Talk that said, if you're the Raiders, you actually want to tie because – whatever. There was a there was like a roundabout way, the reason they wanted a tie. And no, no, a tie would have put them against the Chiefs in Kansas City. Yeah, it was still well, – the, the Raiders had a legitimate reason to want to win because it yeah. gives them an But also the, the, ish, the legitimate reason to win is just like you can either have Big Ben in the playoffs – if you want to win the Super Bowl, you can either have Big Ben as one of the seven AFC quarterbacks, or you can have Justin Herbert. I rest my case. But they, but so why do you want Joe Burrow? Over because here's the thing: Justin Herbert has consistently been throttled down by bad coaching. Mm-hmm. So in Oregon, he was amazing in sophomore year. Mm-hmm. It didn't get any better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. In the pros. I mean, you're talking about a guy as a starter in the NFL. He's mm-hmm. nine and eight this year, six and nine last year. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a 15 and 17 record as mm-hmm. a quarterback. And we're all and look, quarterback wins over a small sample are not a stat. But I I look at what Joe Burrow did this year, mm-hmm. which is grab the bull by the horns, right? In, in many ways, say, yeah. look, Zach Taylor's not calling good offense right now. I need to take over, and he sort of took over. Right, the last two weeks of the season for him were were phenomenal. They followed a bunch of frustrating weeks where the offense couldn't get going in many ways because of the play calling of Zach mm-hmm. Taylor. Mm-hmm. I'll take the guy, and again, this is a very slight difference, but I'll take the guy who they're both facing kind of bad underlying situations. I'll take the guy that overcomes it a little bit. Okay. Again, splitting hairs. I'll start with this. There's one area that I believe Joe Burrow has a leg up on Justin Herbert. And that's the personality, the, um, like, he's just a, a killer. Like, you just, you mm-hmm. want to play with that guy. It's it's infectious. It's exciting. Um, the way that his team clearly rallies behind him. And it, it freaking matters because when you're good and you can do that, that matters. And I do think that he's going to age really, really well as a quarterback. I think that's important as well. Um, Herbert is more toolsy, but the answer is Justin Herbert. And I'll give you two main reasons why. The first, the first is the things that are stable, he does better than, than Joe Burrow. 
okay? He is limiting negatively graded plays and limiting, in particular, turnover-worthy plays at a better rate than Joe Burrow is this year. And he's taking sacks. He has 20 fewer sacks on, a, on almost 100 more dropbacks this year. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he's being literally hamstrung, like kicked in the knees <laughs> by his offensive coordinator and has no opportunities, not enough, not enough opportunities to make really big, great throws down the football field, which I'm fairly confident he can. Again, I think it is splitting hairs, but Justin Herbert is absolutely special. I mean, you can't watch that last that last drive and go, like, who else is doing that? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anyone is. So um, it, the answer for me by – What do you do if you're the Chargers? Because obviously Staley is – is in you, you, you got to go get a, a, offensive, a real coordinator offensive coordinator from the center. But then what's the issue then? So, like, this is where I get nervous, right? Which is Herbert is is now going to be two years in, three years into a in, yeah. by next year, into a what, what has been a wonderful career so far. And he's going to be on offensive coordinator number three. Yeah. But let me just ask you this. If, if Justin— And if that guy's good and, and takes Herbert to wherever, he's yeah. a head coach. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like that—that's where—that's where, that's where the defensive ha- line some, head coach is a, is an issue. You gotta have some backups. And I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Staley could switch and become an offensive coach and get this thing figured out. I do think he's that smart of a guy. But I'll give you a couple of examples here. If Justin Herbert has Kyle Shanahan as his coach, <laughs> I just like think about that. It'd be insane. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's worth uh, I think it's worth reinvesting there. Um, I want to talk about two two more things real quick. We want we should take an L here because um, Carson Wentz freaking sucks. Carson Wentz. Well, this we year, did. Yeah, we liked the Colts. We we took the Colts as our lock of the week, and I am ashamed. I'm saddened. I'm obviously hurt. I'm a little poorer because of it. They were 15 and a half point favorites. They lost the freaking game by 15. Carson Wentz this year has a lower PFF grade than he did as a freaking rookie in Philadelphia. I was told all he needed was an offensive line and Frank Reich's prayers to get him over the hump. Yeah. I'd rather have Arch Manning as my quarterback. There there are Pop Warner quarterbacks out there (laughs) that would give me more faith than Carson freaking Wentz. That was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment by... The Colts this entire season trotting his corpse out there. Jonathan Taylor carrying him on his back the whole year, dragging him through only for him to poop himself against one of the worst teams in the NFL without a head coach because their head coach was grinding at a bar after a Thursday night game. The the Jacksonville Jaguars fans wore clown suits to the game. Yeah. And the only clown left at the end of the game was Carson freaking Wentz. Well, it was an absolute embarrassment. The the Colts should be ashamed. They have a good fan base. I can't believe that they got stolen from by Howie Roseman and the Eagles and played Carson Wentz for an entire season. That's a shame. That's yeah, all I, I mean, have to it's say well said. I, I would say, look, look, I would say this. I think that there's a big issue with the Colts are great in a lot of places that don't matter as much as other things. And and I don't mean they don't matter. Like DeForest Buckner 
is one of the best players in the entire NFL. He plays three tech though. So he's not going to, if, if Carson Wentz completely takes a shit on the field, like he did today, there's nothing DeForest Buckner's going to be able to do about it. Darius Leonard is one of the best linebackers in all of football fan of the show, by the way, fan of PFF. Darius Leonard can only do so much as a middle linebacker in the NFL. And he's paid pretty handsomely, by the way, which that's going to come back to bite him. I think, um, you know, Kenny Moore is a great nickel, right? Uh, you know, they have Bobby Okariki. They have, uh, who's the, uh, the, they, they're Quentin Nelson's a terrific guard. Braden Smith's a terrific right tackle. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor's the best running back in the NFL going right now. And none of those things are good enough to overcome a quarterback position that you've left to chance basically this whole time. And like, I think Chris Ballard, I think the world of Chris Ballard is an evaluator. It looks like the guy can pick good players, right? Mm -hmm. Michael Pittman as a second round pick as a wide receiver is like one of their first premium position players who has played really well, right? Some of it's bad luck. You don't know that Carson or you, you actually in 2018 built a, a offense that made Andrew Luck successful. And, and from all accounts, made Andrew Luck's life way better than under uh, uh, Pagano, right, yep. it, it, earlier on. And he still retired, right? He had been so beat up to that point. That's not your fault. Then, you know, so you do the, the Jacoby Brissett thing. You go 7-9. and nine, Then you do the Phillip Rivers thing. Phillip Rivers retires. It was a one-year thing. You made it to the playoffs. You, you lost a close game to Buffalo. The Carson Wentz thing is the first, I think, egregious – and it's the first time you look at Frank Reich and say, look, man, you're not better than this. And, and you rarely are. Like, and, like take, they take Andy Reid, take Bill Belichick, take anybody. And they, there's always that point of no return, right? Mm -hmm. For Belichick, it, was, it, was, it would have been choosing Garoppolo over Brady. It would have been, right, yeah. If, yeah. if he had done it. For Andy Reid, it was, you know, obviously sticking with Alex Smith too long. And for Frank Reich, it was thinking he could make chicken salad out of whatever yeah. Carson Wentz was. I'll push back a little bit. I mean, they they traded a first round. They went – it was interesting. They went all in without having the quarterback to go all in with. Okay. I think that is – I think it's a little bit bigger than that, right? Like the trade for DeForest Buckner I think is a really good point. You have DeForest Buckner here now, and you can't take advantage of him because DeForest Buckner is a guy that can get your team an extra half win in a really good season. That, really good season, yeah. That pushes you from 12 wins to 13. Or in the playoffs makes a little bit of a difference, right, when you really need it. That only freaking matters if your quarterback is competent. The, the Colts did what I would call the, um, the really poor mans, the like, absolutely broke man's Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, yeah, right. That's I'm... what they did. They they did the – it's honestly like comparing L.A. to Indianapolis. Love Indianapolis. But, like, that's what it was, right? It was like – combine. It was like, look, instead of Matt Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr., we're going to go grab Carson Wentz, DeForest Buckner, and a few other players. Yeah, I think the – it just it just it's sucks. just so they're in such a weird position, right? Because the AFC South is so bad for the most part, and and the fan base, the how would the fan base like would they deal with a reset? 
because that's kind of what you're saying, right? Like at some point they got to take a step back and reset. And they're no. In this a, is a bigger step back. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But like, but we they don't think the way that yeah, we yeah. do, right? And and like and I, you know, I was talking to somebody within within the, um, you know, not not them, but like I was talking about Ballard to somebody, and. and and again, like we sort of came to this conclusion, like obviously a great evaluator, um, you know, has picked good players. And like the question I had for this person was, what what is what is right now for them? What are they doing? And somebody brought up, and again, I hate to bring it back, but I'm just bringing it back. They brought up Kansas City, which was when Alex was the court. Alex Smith was the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It was sort of like this. You know, you're kind of waiting, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to be relevant. You're trying to evaluate talent. Like during the Alex Smith era, the Chiefs picked up Chris Jones. They picked up Tyreek Hill. Uh, Travis Kelsey was drafted during the, the Alex Smith years. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz was signed during the Alex Smith years. And you're sort of like percolating, right? You're percolating, and then you jump. You you put yourself in a position to jump on a quarterback who you think is game changing. And this is how like tenuous this whole thing was. They wanted, like, you know, there was a chance, for example, that, like, it's been well reported that the Chiefs wanted to trade up for Paxton Lynch in 2016, right? right. right? And so, like, and so they, they make these mistakes at the position all the time, and, and the Chiefs just so happened to pick a great player there. I think that the mistake is the veteran is never going to get you there, right? The, the, Cars, once Carson Wentz, and I think our, our colleague Kevin Cole does great work here, once there's a certain amount of NFL data on a quarterback, the, the confidence interval is so narrow. And especially given how much you're paying for that yeah. player, yeah. It, it, it's never going to work. Let so, me tell you what the evidence yeah, is. Yeah. The team that mortgaged everything to trade up and get him and gave him a huge contract who has more incentive for him to be good than any other team more incentive yeah. for him to be good than his own family was like, yeah, let me get rid of this guy for Jalen Hurts, who happens to be, everyone was furious that they picked him, a far better quarterback than Carson Wentz is yeah. already in his career. And what's amazing about that is where was Jalen Hurts picked? He's, well, he's second round. Oh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Where Jonathan Taylor was picked. But, but here, here's I, the- I just think it's it's the problem is when you don't take shots on young quarterbacks – you what is your what is your future like what are you doing and and i don't say that like oh you should have just not picked jonathan taylor and picked jalen hurts that's not the point the point is when you resign yourself to the retread quarterback there's just not enough of a ceiling there for you to be a competitive and a super bowl competing team and it's so funny for the Colts to think that way because the way they have won Super Bowls and been competing is by getting a great young quarterback. So, I don't know. It's it's hilarious, yeah. and they, and, they and deserve the what point. they got and like, the And I think that the issue is, and this could be due to longevity, this could be due to anything, it's okay to – it's like – and this is the thing. Here's the funniest thing about this entire process. Um, you know, Chris Chris asked me who, who I thought would be the executive of the year. I said Howie Roseman. You know what the funniest thing about the about the Philadelphia Eagles relative to the Indianapolis Colts? The bar's lower this year. And the bar is the bar is not going to be as high for the Eagles doing what they did mm-hmm. as as it is currently for the Indianapolis Colts. And that's the point. And and that's the whole thing about the the that's the whole thing about the this whole like when your quarterback is established and paid a market rate or ish, right? Like Wentz. Yep. I hate to say this, the su- it's Super Bowl or bust for you. That's it. 
when your quarterback is on his rookie deal, the bar is to be a credible Super Bowl threat within the first contract, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And not understanding that and not understanding the ramifications of doing one or the other is is killing some of these teams. And like I like I said, I like the Colts. They go for the right fourth downs. They they are yeah. good at they, when they pick up players off the waiver wire. They're players that our system likes. Like I I'm a huge fan of a lot of the things that they do. But the and and, and you know all coach Twitter is going to get really pissed off at this. But like it all comes down to the quarterback, and they get annoyed by that. But it's fucking true. Jalen Hurts uh, almost a hundred fewer dropbacks than Carson Wentz this year had more big time throws. Just saying. Uh, we should move on from the Colts. I think we could talk about that game over there. And the, the Niners-Rams was was the game of the year until tonight's game. Well, can, um, I, can I tell you why it was the game of the year for me? What was that? So you always give me a lot of shit for being like a homer and like and and there's sort of that like part of Moneyball where they're like, how can't you be emo? How can't you be emotional about this game? Uh-huh. And I think you're you're a much better like. I, I'm a, I, I think a more fiery guy from a football standpoint. Like you, ha, you have, I you, have my moments. It, it burns for you in different <laughs> places. But to watch you be a fan today, like I gotta say, it made me feel really happy. Good. For you. Like I, I like that. you were on Twitter, you were talking your shit, and I was like, and again, you let it. You are you pick your spots, but it was a lot of fun because, like, of course, like I. I am who I am, and I'm not, and I, and I'm, I, I try to be better, but I'm not going to change that much. And like I'm a homer, I tweet out funny stuff about the Chiefs or whatever. And to watch you during that game, like ha- have your fun, I, it really, as a friend, I was very happy for you. I appreciate that. The emotion that I went through <laughs> was a lot. Uh, the first half, I said a lot of curse words in the direction of Kyle Shanahan. I apologize. Uh, let it be known that I did say, quote, unquote, I believe this is a direct quote, and it, it turned out to be true. Kyle Shanahan, even though he was visiting Los Angeles, actually picked Sean McVay up and drove him to the stadium in a car seat. Uh, can can so confirm. Bad. Um, I thought, oh, we've, we've started the wrong quarterback. Trey Lance is the guy who we should have started here. Like, Jimmy G, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Uh, it's 17 to three at halftime because of a last second field goal. We're completely screwed. And the way the tides turned there at the end, I, I have to say this, the last, I think it was three possessions, at least the last two possessions were a clinic. Well, you, I you, mean, an absolute clinic. Well, we, we, we wrote the article about the perfectly blocked runs and Elijah they didn't Mitch- have Trent Williams. Trent Williams is the highest graded offensive player in the NFL. And they absolutely pulled the the, the shirts off of well, the, it, it, well, I don't look, know what I'm even trying to say, but they took the Rams and they said, We are just we will literally beat you without our quarterback. They ran straight down the field on him, had Debo Samuel throw a touchdown pass, and then lo and behold, Jimmy G. Yeah, so say I, what you want about Jimmy G. He's clutch. He had to have it. Like that was a so like that was an interesting one, right? Right where they had it was like fourth and forever at their own end of the field. It was right before the two minute warning, and they had their three timeouts. And it's just like 
it's super, and they're down seven, super freaking hard to thread that needle. And mm-hmm. you and I, last week, our picks, uh, written picks, we go for one in the lock of the week, our written picks were one and one. We had the Falcons, which, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then that. we had the, the, the Niners plus four and a half, five and a half, and that closed three and a half. Um, both of them, I think, closed better than we got it at. So the, w- which is a change now with the COVID not being as bad. Uh, but the, the, it was one of those where the needle was so thin to thread through. It was, you have to get three stops on the run game. Yep. By the way, McVay did not trust Stafford, you know, minute 40, yeah, I was one about time to say, The more clutch quarterback yeah. was Jimmy freaking yeah. Garoppolo. Stafford, by the way, the NFL's leader in interceptions. I know, you know, everybody's going to talk about last week. We, we praised the Rams for being 12 and four. And then we talked some mess about them. Everybody's like, you guys hate the Rams. No, we don't hate the Rams. There are facts that hate the Rams, but but they, you know who hates the Rams? Facts. Matt, Matt Stafford <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the clutch. I mean, hates look, the Rams. If you can only generate 238 yards on 32 attempts and throw two picks, uh, when you have the a player who's playing the best wide receiver season since like Jerry Rice in the mid 90s, like you're not that good. I'm sorry. And but the the Niners had to get three run stops, and then they had to get the ball and they had to go 88 yards without a timeout. Yep. And obviously, like Jimmy G, you know, he took a sack. You were talking about Trent Williams. Took a sack on the previous drive that was rough. Um, You know, he hadn't had the greatest first half of the game. I think a lot of it was noise and stuff like that, too. But when he had to have it, dude, those were some throws, man. And and I'll say this. If you talk, like, you're going to say yes to this because you're a fan. I think if you take position out of it, Debo Samuel is a top five player in the NFL. Wow, I, I like that. That dude is I, I, is freaking insane. Dio Samuel, like the he yeah, made in a, a game. Play- by the way, that George Kittle was was virtually seven targets zero. for ten yards. Was a zero. Five catches, ten yards, two yards of catch on seven. Ayuk targets. stepped up. Ayuk had a great Jawan game. Jawan Jennings stepped up. It was up. the Jawan Jennings game, is what I was calling it. Debo Samuel. I mean, is Debo Samuel? Debo Samuel has to be the most versatile player in the NFL. I'm trying to think about um, someone that because you can't. It's interesting. I think in the NFL today we are going to start seeing a versatility renaissance similar, and we've already started seeing it similar to what we see in the NBA, where so much is positionless, positionless basketball, and you have people doing so many different things. And I'm trying to think of like a, a player that Debo Samuel reminds me of. Who was who was like the uh, like that originator of the versatility in the NBA? Uh well, I mean Magic Johnson once in an NBA final started a game at center yeah, that's and true. point guard. That's true. <laughs> like, I mean LeBron is probably yeah. the ultimate one, but I'm not sure I can compare so, so remember, Debo like, Samuel to LeBron. Ago when everybody I don't think it's ra- crazy. Though. Everybody was writing articles for every outlet saying. In five years, the NFL is going to be positionless. And it's mm. like, okay, like that's not happening. But there are guys that can break the mold. Like Cordero Patterson for the Falcons, I mean, is is playing that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the NBA is like truly almost positionless now. And the NFL, the way things are structured, it's never going to be that way. But he's certainly somebody who is sort of in that realm. Uh, a player that reminds me of it, and this is a team that won a Super Bowl in, the, in late 90s and then went to one in 01, Marshall Falk. I mean, Marshall Falk was a running back who could line up yeah. at X receiver and run like posts and, and beat defenders. 
And obviously, Demo comes at it from a different way, where he's a wide receiver first and then a running back second. Percy Harvin was another yeah, one. His career one. didn't end up being that long, but Percy was a guy who could line up in the backfield and take handoffs, and as well as be I, great. I think Percy's a good example. Debo's a bigger, I mean, fucking Debo, guy than Percy. Debo is impossible to tackle. Like he's just impossible to tackle. I wish I, I'm failing my NBA knowledge right now. A couple of players that that do come to mind, but I I don't know that they're quite this versatile like um uh, sean marion i think was one of those first players sean marion great form super, on his jumper <laughs> super super versatile i think that's a kind of a knock on Devo samuel to be honest um i'll give you one that i really like draymond green yeah draymond green and it's all it's funny because i think there's a similarity to the way that they play the game like draymond green aside from the fact that he can't really shoot but like he has got so much versatility from a defensive standpoint. He can he can handle the ball. He can play big. He can play defense. Um, Debo is just absolutely special. And as we're going to talk about, I'm excited for the Niners in the playoffs. Uh, shall we get to yeah, yeah. the wild card round? Okay, before we get to the wild card round, I'm so excited. The wild card round of the playoffs, betting on the playoffs. Is You're so excited that the, ni- the, the Niners are in it. I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I, I'm honestly I am. thrilled for you. I am. And, it's a, and it's a, it is a, and I know you're younger than me. But like when I first started watching, football, oh yeah, I mean Niners, Niners Cowboys. Cowboys was every fucking NFC Championship it's game. It's beautiful. And now it's and now it's a playoff game again. It's nothing is going to make look. Nothing is going to be better than thousands, thousands of faithful making it a little a little hop. Are you skip going? And a trip. Well, I guess you got to come back for. Can't quite Jesus. make it. I'll be there in spirit. Hop, Shoot. skip, and a jump over to Big D. The, the AT and T Stadium. I can't wait. It's going to be electric. Um, before we get there, though, if you're going to make a trip, you're traveling. It's probably pretty cold. You got to bundle up. So I recommend that you make sure your body's in good shape with Manscaped. Manscaped and the Lawnmower 4.0. I used it the other day. Good as gold. It, I've u- been using it now for like a year, and it consistently provides excellent grooming. Uh, it's a part of the Performance Package 4.0, which also comes with the Ultra Premium Body Wash. And with promo code PFF, you can get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So go get yourself the Lawnmower 4.0, get yourself a performance package, whatever it is, whatever you need to make sure that you are cleaned up for 2022. 20% off with promo code PFF at manscaped.com. It's a new year. Make it a new you with Manscaped. Okay. The wild card round. We have Saturday, 4.35 p.m. Eastern. The Raiders are coming to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. This game uh, will be on NBC. It will not be Chris, who again gets completely screwed out of a Cincinnati game. He will be in Kansas City for the Chiefs Steelers. What did you make this spread? So when I was on uh, the bet standpoint, Rob, by the way, Rob Pizzola, who listens to the show, is very kind and allowed me. He didn't. He didn't foreshadow any spreads because he knows we picked. Them I appreciate here. that, Rob. And, and I, um, and I said, I said, I just threw out a number seven, and Rob said, if you give me seven on on the Raiders, I'm gonna take it. So I'm gonna move it a little bit further. I'm gonna move it to six and a half. Uh, if you give me seven, with Zach Taylor in his first <laughs> game in the playoffs, sir. I will take it. I had this at four and a half. It is on Pinnacle. The Raiders are plus six and a half, minus one thirteen, uh, minus six and a half to the Bengals is is plus one hundred one. The Bengals today basically rested everybody, so that's moving. 
Well, I'm not saying it's moving. I'm just saying like it's no, no, closer I mean, to like, six and seven. Yeah, I mean like that's going to move is my point. Yeah, yeah. If if it continues to trend this way, yep. So it's closer to six than it is to seven. So it's you said right seven. Now. Take me through that, please. Uh, well, I my my thing is is basically this is a lot like the Cardinals, right? We talk about on the show, mm-hmm. Seattle. I'm on somebody. I forget what I've said to you. I said to somebody else, but like the 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 Cardinals should have never gotten six and a half points in Dallas against Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. weeks ago. They should have never been laying six and a half against a good Seattle team. Not a good Seattle team, but a Seattle team with good players yeah. this week. And I feel like that is like souped up version. Look, the Bengals were amazing against the Ravens and then against the Chiefs. The win against the Chiefs had some flukiness to it, but we're not mm-hmm. going to take it from them. Three weeks ago against Denver, they were three-point underdogs on the road. Against mm-hmm. Denver. Yep. Denver is 7-10, and 10, yep. and Drew Locke was starting. Yeah, so, like, I think when I said seven, I think I thought the market was going to be too far over their skis on the Bengals. And they're going to look at a game like tonight – I think people are going to attribute tonight, and maybe not betters, and betters are the people who shape the market. So every time we're talking about this narrative, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I think that people are going to look at tonight's game and say the Chargers lost that game. And they're not going to give the Raiders their due for winning that game and winning their last, what was it, last four yeah. Chargers? And, or and here's the other thing. The, the Raiders beat a Colts team, which we now know is not the most impressive thing in the world. They beat them last week. Um, the, the Bengals will have some rest, obviously. And the Bengals destroyed the Raiders 32-13 to when they played earlier this year. And they destroyed the Chargers. So And they beat the Chiefs. So, like, there's a lot of... Yeah, the Bengals, I think, got killed by the Chargers. Sorry, other way around. Yeah. Um, uh, they beat the Chiefs. So those are kind of the things in people's minds that uh, that will be, like, present. And I think that's a little ridiculous. I look at... So here's the thing with the Bengals. Joe Burrow has an Achilles heel, which is that he takes too many sacks. Max Crosby, I will point this out again, has been absolutely phenomenal. Top five graded pass rusher in the NFL. He will be facing Isaiah Prince at right tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals. That the right that right side of the offensive line is not strong. And Seven is just a lot, man. Seven, six and yeah. a half is just a lot. Yeah. No. Uh, Raiders last playoff victory January two thousand three. Bengals last playoff win January of nineteen ninety one. So one of these teams is going to break a long string of not winning a playoff game. That will be yeah. pretty fun. I mean, I can't take. What do, what do you think? I mean, so you made it seven. Uh I mean, I, I just threw it out. Yeah. I, it wasn't. It was more of just because we we couldn't prep for this before yeah. the day because we didn't know what the right. we couldn't even prep until the games were over. But like the I threw out seven because I thought that that was what the market was going to do. I do agree with Rob and like saying that that's too many. I just threw it out because we like had- well take 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 this like this is one and this is we only have a few examples of this. But remember when Baltimore took five full quarters to beat the Vikings mm-hmm. and then they they turned around on Thursday night to play the Dolphins team yeah, that's fair. on the road and then they got they got super beat there. short rest. So so you have it's not it's it's one less day of rest but you're also playing you got you played five quarters of football. Mm-hmm. Uh the Bengals are basically coming off a bye. Not really like Mike Hilton played a bunch of those guys played but the most important guys didn't play the whole right. game there. 
So, like, I think that would be what pauses me from taking Cincinnati yeah. or from taking the Raiders here. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's fair. My thought process was: I think on a neutral field, these teams are about two, two and a half points different, and um, the rest combination with the Bengals being at home, combined with Zach Taylor in his first uh, playoff game, I thought four and a half seemed seemed reasonable. No, I know. I think so. And so, okay, let's let's at least keep that one. We don't have to make there are there. Well, we don't have to make a play on every game or any games this no, week, this but, is, but that's certainly the case. Uh, okay. Um, 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Uh, this will be on uh, CBS, I believe. Yes. Patriots and Bills. The six versus the three. I had the Bills favored by four and a half at home. I said three and a half, but you're the correct one. It is four and a half. Okay. Um, total on the game, 43 and a half. Lowest total of the weekend by a fairly – like a, at least a field goal. Which I think makes sense. Um, huh. So, well, I guess tell me why you felt it – Belichick. That's the only reason. I mean, this is his first playoff game without Brady since 1994. That's fair. Uh, he – Okay, but 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 spin, spin zone there, like – well, it's so, a, it's his first playoff so, game without so, Belichick, and he's got Mac Jones. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, but here's what I'll say: Josh Allen, like, I mean, you're talking. I don't know if you watched the show this morning, but like, I had a passionate yeah. speech about how the Jets like try, you know, I, it was and the, and like the, were, were the Bills not in a grind with the Jets today? They were. Like, they were. I, I feel like if, uh, were the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots. The were Patriots in a grind sucked. Today they too. lost today to the to the Dolphins. Like yeah, Bill great. Belichick can't win in Miami like ever like but yeah so they got swept by the by the way uh Brian Flores good for you two straight winning seasons um you know I bet he appreciates that yeah we're, we're about right to be now. fired uh now it's two straight winning seasons um I, my thing is I think it's more of a field goal game and I know the last time they played, the Bills extended and mm -hmm. they were on the road and they did a good job but like uh and, and Rob pointed this out when we were on the show um, the Bills in the last matchup between um, these two teams, the Bills were like an ungodly number on third down. Like, and that's where Josh Allen can kill you, right? Like, he can kill you on the third down stuff, but like play for play, yeah. So, so Buffalo is six of twelve on third down. New England is one of ten in the last mm -hmm. last one. So, like, yeah. that basically tells a story in a twelve point game. Um, I think it's a little bit closer here. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think that's a good, that's a good point. Um, now, in looking at four and a half, like I think our power numbers Ugh. going into the week, which we aren't changing, we don't change power numbers if two teams that played didn't have the same thing to play for. We would make Buffalo five point eight points better on a neutral and than the New average England team, and New England three point seven. So it's a two point one point difference. Home field advantage is not two points. I don't even think it's in the playoffs. If we make it a point and a half, then that's where the three and a half comes from. Yeah, yeah. I think you could. I think you can make a case for the Patriots plus four and a half. And you've kind of talked me into it. Sunday, very good slate. One o five p.m. Eastern time, starting off on Fox. Uh, hopefully, um, the Eagles bring their A game because if they do, this will be interesting. Eagles. Bucks seven versus two Buccaneers with two uh, thanks to the Rams loss on Sunday. Would you make this one? 
Uh, let me look here. I have Bucks minus 10. Okay. Um, can, let me tell you my process for this. Okay. I started out with Bucks minus nine and a half. I said, ah, oh, interesting. Brady versus first time coach, first time quarterback. And then I thought about the Bucks barely eking it out against the Washington football team last year mm -hmm. at much in a much healthier situation. And I came all the way back down to seven and a half. I have Buccaneers favored by seven and a half. Yeah, so it's nine and a half. Oh, really? This is the, so when the game was played in Philly on that Thursday night, right? The Bucks had a twenty-eight-seven lead. Then don't even cover the seven because mm -hmm. the, the Philly mm -hmm. did the whole down by eight, go for two yeah. thing. Um, the game did go under the total. That total that night, I remember because we had under uh, was fifty and a half. It's forty-nine now, which I think makes well. I know Tampa's warmer now than Philly is in October. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Wow, nine and a half. So, and, and people are betting, well, the, the juice is way more towards Philly. I think this is going to get down to a true nine, true eight and a half. The other thing you have to remember, and if you tease Tampa today, obviously you won. Um, that was a teasable line. Like, they might not want to get down to eight and a half because that's a teasable down to two and mm -hmm. a half, right? They might just say, hey, if you like Tampa, just bet the nine and a half and don't pile Probably it in not. with anything else. Um so like maybe that's where like the index is nine and a half when it's really more like a true nine or eight and a half, but that's that's kind of where this one uh, is currently. Forty uh, nine's a total. I kind of that might be it. The Bucks game this week at win over. Um, Greenland liked that one. It was a, a good over to get, um, but that was at forty two and a half. This is forty nine, uh, and the Eagles have done a great job in garbage time. Yeah, they have done a fantastic so, job. So time. maybe that's a total we think about going over, um, especially given that I don't think the Eagles' defense is any good. Like, I think that's the whole thing about them being 9-0 and against teams with winning records and 0-8 and against teams with – or the other way around, 9-0 and against losing teams, 0-8 yeah. and against winning teams. I think their defense being bad is a sneaky part of that. Their offense is actually kind of plucky uh, against good teams, but oftentimes in the second half of games that are already decided. Before we get to the rest, uh, if you're betting on these games, I suggest you go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app because if you use promo code PFF when you make your first deposit, you can bet $5 on any football team to win their game this week. Um, there is a game with a pretty large spread, so you can pick that team. Uh, and uh, if they win, you get $200 worth of free bets, which is awesome. And then you can keep betting on the rest of the playoffs to your heart's content. That's promo code PFF on the DraftKings Sportsbook. If uh, sportsbooks aren't available in your state yet, pour one out for you, you can still uh, have a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with your first deposit, plus play daily fantasy contests for huge cash prizes on DraftKings and the DraftKings Sportsbook. And we can help you with those at pff.com with the PFF subscription. Elite subscription will get you the DFS optimizer, of course, also the best bets tool and the player props tool, all of those great things. PFF, uh, can help you make those great choices at DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. Download it right now. Use promo code PFF. $5 on any team to win, college or pro, I should add, and get $200 in free bets. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers are eligible. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. The Niners. 
are going to Dallas at 4.40 p.m. Nance and Romo. Uh, pending, uh, Jim Nance can recover. He came down with COVID uh, and was unable to call the game today between Carolina and Tampa Bay, which was hilarious. That was their game. Um, in Dallas, the three versus the six. Uh, I have the Cowboys favored by two and a half in this game. Yeah, I said two and a half as well. I think uh, I, I think uh, and what is it? This is three. It's basically three. dead on three. Four, total on the game, 49 and a half. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I mean, both teams are public teams, right? But yeah, the Cowboys, again, put on a lovely display against a team that was playing backups. Do you think that's having an impact on this? Do you think that's why it's three? Uh, I, well, yeah. So, other than a win against a bad football team, Washington football team, on Sunday Night Football, and then a win last night or Saturday night against yeah. a Philly team resting everybody, but also a Philly team that isn't very good. Dallas has mostly been ho-hum second half of the year, mm -hmm. especially offensively. San Francisco, you know, they've been a resurgent team in the second half of the year. 10-7 and seven was their finish, and... Um, you know, they had some hiccups along the way, but mostly have been good. Um, I think teams are buying into the potential of the Dallas Cowboys with a quarterback who I think all of us believe is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Then they are San Francisco sort of, they view San Francisco as gimmicky. I feel like sometimes, yeah. right. And, and like, I get that, right. You needed a wide receiver to throw a touchdown pass. You needed a long drive to beat the Rams and all this stuff. I do think some things that San Francisco do, clearly, they made the Super Bowl two years ago. Things that San Francisco do are repeatable. You know, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. um, the question I have for you. So they're plus three here. Let's say they win outright. They're plus 137 on Pinnacle. Let's say they play a really tough game next week. Let's say they even win. What do, where, how far is too far for, the, for Jimmy Garoppolo like, if they make it to the NFC title game and lose, mm -hmm. Jimmy the quarterback next year? If, <laughs> right? If you go, I'll say this. The answer, the answer has to be no, unless you are trading Trey Lance. Yeah, but you're not getting, I mean, but you're not you can't do that. Trey Lance. You can't do that. The answer here is Trey Lance. What I was going to ask. I think the only way. So here's the. Interesting <laughs> I mean, it's thing. fun, right? Yeah, like but here's the interesting. What if they win the Super Bowl? Which they could do. What right? if What if Jimmy goes Nick Foles? It's not even Nick Foles. It's just Jimmy. Like Jimmy almost won the Super Bowl. Right. Two years That's ago, a good point. Jimmy. That's a good point. Okay. What if Clutch Jimmy shows up, and they win the Super Bowl? Would you stick with him? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you would. I mean, he's a lead. Like then he's in the casket with freaking. He's in Man, it. what are you doing with, with Trey Joe Lance, and Steve? And what do you do with Trey Lance? I mean, you play him. You have him behind. You, you oh sit him. Oh my god! Look, we're like, look, man. This this league is about winning Super Bowls. It is not about making friends. It is like the fact that you and I are friends is a byproduct of all of this. It's not. It's not the, the <laughs> like the. The, the the NFL is about winning the Super Bowl. If you win the Super Bowl, who gives a who gives a yeah? Who but, cares about how you got there? But. Okay, yeah, fair. But and it's a sunk cost. That's it. You've got to be 
I agree. I mean, you just keep him on there and then see what happens with, with or Jimmy you trade G. Jimmy G. Like, look, the the Ravens won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer, and obviously, like, don't you they, dare, don't you dare. But I'm not, I'm not even comparing him. But they let Trent Dilfer go, and they signed former Niners yeah. legend Elvis Gerback to replace him. And you know that could be a thing too. They could trade him. I know this is going to be a saturated. But what happens? What happens if they do a regime change in Seattle and Russ stays? What happens if the Packers? I don't know how they would do this if they lose to the Niners again in the NFC title game, but let's say the let's say the Packers decide to keep Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers retires. What if the this veteran and like Derek Carr just free like we were talking about Derek Carr being replaced by Marcus Mariota weeks ago, and now Derek Carr is in the playoffs playing his first playoff game for the Raiders. What if the what if the veteran quarterback market is a lot softer than we're like all these teams are chomping at the bit of the and it might just be like Kirk Cousins yeah, and freaking Jimmy G. So. That's a good point. So, like, a lot of things are possible, but it's a good thing to think about because do you think that there's just a little bit of remorse in the mind of Kyle Shanahan that he went with the Trey Lance thing? There's got to be, right? I mean, they they traded a house for him. I was talking about this uh, with someone a couple days ago. Actually, a fan of the show, a listener of the show, and a former – not former, a fellow – 49ers fan and I was kind of coming up with (laughs) like what are all the conspiracy theories around like why Jimmy G is is playing and I think there are a lot of possibilities out there but I'll say this Kyle Shanahan ultimately decided on Jimmy G over Tom Brady you don't think he wants (laughs) he's going to give Jimmy G every last chance to be amazing and uh He certainly did in this game, and I see no reason why he wouldn't. And if he happens to be really good in the playoffs, I see no reason why he wouldn't next year, too. So was the Trey Lance thing Lynch? Was it pressure from the outside? I mean, I think that's a decent theory, is that it was pressure from the outside. Because what I said all offseason, and because we were all nervous, like, why the hell are the 49ers, why is there... yeah, and odds that, to win the Super Bowl third after Kansas City. Right, it's it was they had better odds to win the Super Bowl than Buffalo this year, yeah, on Pinnacle going into the year, and like the fact is when Jimmy G's healthy, over over an extended period of time. Now he was terrible against Tennessee, but over over an, a large enough period of time when Jimmy G's healthy, the Niners are good. Period. Right. Like yeah. it's never like, and he's great. Like you know who's second. So. Joe Burrow is obviously amazing. Not, yeah, nine yards per pass attempt this year, seventy percent completion. He's one of less than ten quarterbacks in league history yeah. to lead the lead the league. It's in like both. six QBs. Yeah. Who's second in yards per attempt this year? Jimmy G. Jimmy freaking G. Yeah. Like, and, and again, I I don't think he's amazing, but he, he I, I was also I'm a like little the concerned about the, great a quarterback for a stretch of like ten weeks. I, I like the them pushing the panic button on the quarterback position. What is is very curious now in hindsight, and not that just drafting a guy. I, yeah, it's the trade it's up. It's the trade up, yeah. right? Um, yeah, the trade up is the is the thing because I don't think I don't think there's any reason to say, hey, let's not take a shot at a young quarterback. Yeah. That's that's very very smart. Um, it's putting all your eggs in a basket. Who and, and Jimmy G is also playing with like a torn ligament in his hand, and yeah. that is another good point. The dude is fragile yeah. as hell. But quarterback's um, not quite the position. I know, like, it used to be maybe a little bit more like this back in the day. But quarterback's not a position where you can just be like, you know, I got Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. He gets hurt. I, I got uh, 
you know, Jamichael Hasty. It's like, no, it's you gotta the guy's gotta play. Yeah. So can I ask you this? Are the Niners not like repeating history potentially? And I'm not saying that Trey Lance is like Steve Young. Steve Young or that Jimmy G is Joe Montana, but could they be in that situation where they keep both and at some point like Trey Lance actually I actually thought Trey Lance played well yeah. um, so, a couple weeks ago. And they're in a position where like, hey, we're just gonna fucking play both of them. Yeah, so here's the issue, right? Like and I that would be fun. And and but even like go back to uh the previous uh CBA. Mm-hmm. So when Aaron Rodgers was drafted by the Packers, um, his first contract was five years, seven point seven million, that included a five point four million signing bonus. No fifth year option, mm-hmm. an extra year on the deal, and that extra year on the deal was part of the original contract. Yep. So like the third overall pick in the draft, like he's cheap, but that third that that uh fifth year option is expensive as hell, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to mm-hmm. you have to decide about it after year three. So that makes that makes the Jordan Love pick questionable. That makes the Trey Lance pick questionable. That makes it hard. And, and like if you even go back further, the Steve Young thing was interesting, right? Because Steve Young played. He had he had 19 starts at Tampa Bay in the NFL before he spent four years as the backup at San Francisco, and that was before free agency. So free agency started in Young's second year as a starter for San Fran. So that was that would cloud it a lot, and they require it required an injury to Joe Montana. He got freaking fucked up in the in the uh, yeah. NFC title well, game. Well, guess in guess who's gonna have injuries? It, yeah. Jimmy G. And, and that was it. Like so, Steve Young started three games both years that he won a Super Bowl as a backup quarterback to Montana. So I get it, but back then when you just had control over these guys, yeah. you could you could fiddle around with them. But a you know what? More. I think you've completely convinced me that they keep both. Okay, I, I like that. I look, because because look, I like it. I don't mind it. You have you have Lance under control. I mean, shit, whatever. It's also late. Um, okay. <laughs> Your inhibitions are gone. I will say this, though, okay? Micah Parsons has been fantastic for the Dallas defense and deserving of Defensive Player of the Year. But I do think that is clouding people's judgment with the Dallas defense a little bit, in addition to the absurd number of turnovers that they have had. Mm-hmm. Uh I want to call attention to some players over the middle of the football field. Ooh. Keanu Neal, 51 coverage grade. Leighton Vander Esch, 59 coverage grade. Um, if they play back up there, Luke Gifford comes in the game. He'll have a 54 coverage grade. Micah Parsons has a really has been really solid in coverage this year. But I don't think Micah Parsons is quite ready for the Kyle Shanahan offense and yeah. and the motion and George Kittle. He's been amazing as a pass rusher, but I think that's where they're going to use him best, and they, and they should. You can look to the outside. Trayvon Diggs has been amazing from an interception perspective. He's also given up over a thousand yards yeah. into his coverage. I am pretty bullish on Kyle Shanahan facing guess who? Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, yeah. his old it's buddy from Atlanta. That's his boy. Yeah. The uh, the Falcons, or sorry, the sorry Falcons. The Cowboys actually have improved over recent weeks, but they're twentieth in the league in yards per play allowed. EPA is a little bit different because the interceptions are going to cause the EPA to swing a little bit. Um, in terms of net yards per pass play allowed, Cowboys are nineteenth. Again, that's going to swing a little. Can bit I with tell you? Can I tell you who they've played? Well, I, I know it's not a murderer's row. They have played the Raiders, who they gave up 36 points to in a loss. 
They played, that was week 12. They played the Saints, uh, who they beat 27-17. I think that was Taysom Hill, if I remember correctly. Um, Either way, not impressive. They played the Washington football team twice. They played the New York Giants. We didn't talk about the New York Giants. The New York Giants overcame, overcame the Jets being an atrocity. The Jaguars having their coach fired for going to a bar after a game yeah, yeah, and sure. kicking their kicker. Yeah. The Houston Texans literally with a coach that was a like they brought one him in yep. because they were like, hey, no one else will touch this trash can. Please come coach it. With a rookie quarterback that no one wanted. They overcame that trio of garbage plus the Detroit Lions, who have actually like Detroit Lions are a fine team. Yeah. They overcame all of those things to be by the end of the season the worst team by far. Yeah, they're the they're, they are a joke. They are the biggest privilege in the league, and the Giants are the biggest joke in the NFL. Okay, that was one of the teams that the Dallas Cowboys played. They then played the football team, and again. they kind of grinded that game out. By the way, it wasn't True. even that like big of a yeah. I mean, twenty-one to six. Uh, they yeah. they kicked the crap out of the football team. They then lost the Cardinals, and then they beat the backups and the Eagles. They gave up twenty-six points. I am not. I am not. You're, you're, okay. So so okay. I'm 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 willing to go in with you. We went in on the. Uh, I'm there. San Fran. I am so, there. So right now, I'm willing to make two bets with you right now. Bill oh, Belichick. come all ye faithful Bel- to Bel- Dallas. Belichick, is what I would like to say. Belichick plus three and a half. By the way, there are some people betting the Bengals minus six and a half now. Uh, there's movement here. Mm. Uh, it's moving. Um, and so I'm going. I, I think Patriots plus four and a half is something I'd take right now. Mm-hmm. And then, and then San Fran. I'm actually going to, and, and uh, we're we're in Ohio, so I have to bet this offshore to make a little investment. I'm going to make. You're not wearing investment. your shirt. Yeah, it's Um And so I'm going to I'm going to take those two right now. I think we'll write those up tonight. Um, but we have to move on to. We don't uh, the Giants. Game? Oh, the Giants aren't playing. I wanted to talk more. No, about the Vikings. Games. So. <laughs> I texted Matthew, who's a, a, a listener to the show, a good friend, uh, Purple Insider, and I go, uh, when when we found out when the Chief when the Sunday night game was going to be, I go, I go, hey, uh, uh, it, it's it's Chiefs uh, Steelers on Sunday night football. Vikes don't play next week. He goes, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is that is correct. Yeah, that don't is play next correct. Week. You know, it's shocking to me. I'll just I just have to say this. I'm absolutely stunned that Dave Gettleman, a man who made fun of math and then picked a running back second overall. No, no, it was the other way around. Picked a running back and then and then came after us. Oh, that's right. Because he didn't have the conviction. By the way, you never like the Giants during the Dave Gettleman tenure never woke up in the morning and had a winning record. Like they didn't not just like not finish this is, with this one. This is a lesson. This is a life lesson for everyone out there. There will always, I'm sure everyone out there will in, in, encounter a time in their life where they're like, man, math is there, but like, I feel this way. Yeah. Football, the football, the flow of the game is one, is one thing. Just remember, mentioned to me just today. remember that over time, technology and math is going to freaking win. Okay. Yeah. If you ever hear someone go, yeah, like technology will never do that. Just run, turn around and sprint. That person is an idiot. Uh, Dave Gettleman qualifies. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who they bring in next year. Um, yeah. 
for both GM and, and I'm assuming head coach. No, well, it sounds like they're they're backtracking a little bit because remember, like four weeks ago, they said basically like Joe Judge and Daniel Jones are safe, mm-hmm. and some people were like, I mean. If you're Joe Judge, you just tank the rest of it. And they not only tanked the last, like, they ran, and I know, like. So you think the fact that they were so bad is a sign that Judge may be safe? That's well, no, no. They said Judge would be safe like a month ago. And there were plenty of people who were like, are they just going to tank? And, like, honest to God, this, look, well, the, somebody, somebody, tried, somebody on Twitter today tried to justify, and somebody with a pretty decent following, tried to justify them taking two quarterback sneaks inside the five as giving their punter enough room. And I get it, Joe Judge, you're a special teams guy, and it, you know, whatever. If your punter can't kick backed up, he sucks, and you're not worth your money as a head coach okay. who doubles as a Yo, special teams guy. Hold on for a second. Th- they were at, like, the five-yard line? They were at the five. If you are such a trash, trash fire, a trash organization that you don't have another play that both has a chance yeah, of picking yeah. up a first down and potentially can get you like three freaking yards, it's that's a joke. That is a complete and utter joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? This is the NFL. This is a freaking like seven-year-olds playing football, although that's kind of yeah. what it looks like. Uh, when you watch the Giants, sorry, I'm kind of on one tonight. Apologize. Yeah, no, I mean, well, I mean, that's but it's a- playoff football. How can you not be? Let's move on to the Sunday Nighter. This is on um, NBC. By the way, for all the people who are wondering why the hell is there a game with the biggest spread on Sunday Night Football, let me tell you why. The Steelers and the Chiefs have <laughs> huge fan bases. Have huge fan bases. Yeah. This is the game that will have the second highest rating of the week. Obviously, Niners Cowboys will have the best one, but this is undoubtedly the second best game from a ratings perspective. So, don't complain to anyone other than the fans out there who are watching these games. Steelers Chiefs 7 versus 2. This is a rematch, quote unquote of a quote-unquote game that happened a few weeks ago <laughs> between the Steelers and the, the Chiefs. This is, this, is the, uh, this is a rematch of the last game before the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. And here's another, here's another reason why they probably – and, like, this is the first time Pat has had to play in the first round of the playoffs, too. Play in the first round <laughs> well, of the playoffs. It's crazy that the Chiefs have, what's this spread, have another bye. What's the spread if Chad Henney plays this game? Uh, Chiefs minus three. Okay. What do you make this with Mahomes playing? Um, 12 and a half. Okay. I made it 13 and a half. What yeah. is it? It's 13. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know that there was anything fluky about the Chiefs absolutely destroying the Steelers. <laughs> no. I gotta say, um, the 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 Steelers defense is gonna has no shot, um, literally no shot, um, and you know it kind of sucks. Like they made it all the way in, and you know you've got like Big Ben, like this kind of heroic end of his career opportunity. And By the I, way, all my under eight, I just eight and don't know. Don't cash. I don't. I'm sorry for your loss. They go over uh, the total for some I don't know if this is going to be the swan song they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's is, not not great. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm. 
I'm intrigued. Total on the game, 46 and a half. Um, I don't, I'm intrigued. 46 and a half was the total the last time they played, and then we had the under, and yeah. Deontay Johnson caught the, the – the, the, this one has kind of that Big Ben – Remember, like, playoff Big Ben, I was I was talking about the, when they lost to the Jags, and he was, like, 41 to 66 yeah. for, like, 450, four touchdowns. Najee Harris, by the way, banged up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, the engine. Uh, I, I don't know. I think Big Ben is one of two outcomes today, uh, uh, on Sunday. It's either 18 of 35 for 140, a touchdown and three picks, mm-hmm. or it's, like, 45 of 77 for 482, four touchdowns, four picks, in a game that, like, the the Chiefs have to, like, hang on for dear life, but Big Ben's out there, a la the Browns game last year, just, just stealing, just throwing it to each team. I'll say this. If there's any um, – the Steelers are not, like, the most forward-thinking organization no, in the world. that's true. But if they have any, uh, like – ivermectin over there (laughs) anything that makes the arm feel good big ben is getting that uh so i don't know if that actually helps him but uh if i had to bet one side of this game i'm betting the chiefs yeah i don't i'm not betting either side of this but okay yeah uh, i mean that's a personal so so here's the thing like um do we have do we have these markets reopened um there was, you know, there was the market for the Titans was really depressed going into this week, and it does. It seems like it's still that way. So right now, on on our friends at DraftKings, Packers are plus three eighty, mm-hmm. Chiefs are plus four fifty, mm-hmm. Bills are plus seven fifty, Bucks are eight to one, Titans are plus eight fifty. It was plus. It was basically mm-hmm. eleven to one going into the week. Were that. Was the Titans win over Houston that in doubt? I guess it was at the end of the game, but like, it's really interesting, right? Like, yeah, that is I mean, interesting. The Titans are a team where, unlike every other one seed I've ever seen, like, I think that their straights do really depend upon what happens in the first like rounds. I like, agree. If they catch a good team, they. But at the same time, like the Nick Foles Eagles, there are always the counterexample of the team, the one seed that's like, you know, sort yeah, of and, and underdogs. And Ryan Tannehill, games. he made a couple throws. Ryan Tannehill was amazing today. Uh, that were just absolutely insane. Yeah, it was like he, sure. he had one where he spun out to his left, just threw a laser. It, it was insane. He's graded way better than his stats would say. They get Derrick Henry back, who will give them a lot of confidence. Yeah. Um, by the way, there's like an alarm going yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Will we persevere? Absolutely. We're going to talk about the Monday night game and the college football national championship and uh, what our favorite bets are in just one second after I tell you about Western and Southern. Our dear friends, Western and Southern Financial, sponsors of this here podcast. This is their logo right here. Um, and they are doing something really cool. They're giving a lucky fan a chance to get a... $2,500 catered um, delivery from their favorite restaurant for the big game on February 13th, 2022. We might be in LA, might be in Dallas, who knows? Chris Collinsworth, who's calling that game, uh, is the key to you being able to win that because you can ask Chris a question. You can ask him about football. You can ask him about financial success and Western Southern will help you figure that out. They are great at giving you the winning strategy for whatever your financial goals are. So go to westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris, ask Chris any question and be automatically entered to win $2,500 catered event for the big game. And then go check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast on YouTube to uh, see the answer to hit the best question each week. That's Western and Southern, westernsouthern.com slash ask Chris. All right, 
the Monday night game. You could have predicted this was going to be the Monday night game. It has Monday night written all over it. It was Monday night game like a whole month ago. The Arizona Cardinals and the Los Angeles football Rams. <laughs> I made this Rams minus three and a half. What'd you make? I said flat three. Oh. Stafford sucks. <laughs> Stafford's cheeks. I like I, the watching that's and I know you weren't here, but me and Solf and Solf is David Solfar. Shout out David Solfar. PR guy a does legend. everything for us, does a great job. The we're just sitting there and like we're both kind of Stafford haters, but like Oh, is that how you So that game got to the second half, it was seventeen nothing and then seventeen mm. three, and the whole time we're like, watch Stafford fold like a lawn chair. And the guy crumbled. In the second half of that game. Crumble. Yeah. He led the league in picks. And I know that's not everything, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, and he had a, and, like, obviously, like, there are parts of Stafford that are great. Like, he led, he's led two of the best receiving seasons in the history of the NFL with his passes. But, like, this, if they win this game, and they are favored by four, it looks like, this would be his first and only playoff victory of his career so far. Which is why I'm betting the Arizona Cardinals. What's the spread on this? Four. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a priv. Oh, four and a half. I'm getting four and a half on an offshore book here. I'm taking it right now. Four and a half. I, I an do like. an absolute priv. I do like. Um, I'm a little concerned. I'll say this. I'm definitely concerned about the Cardinals, the narratives around Cliff Kingsbury are there. But... Getting more than a field goal with a healthy Kyler Murray just feels like the right. You're also thing just to take. buying the Cardinals again for the second time in a month on the absolute nadir of their yeah, yeah. thing. Like, yep. they, like if they yeah. beat the Seahawks this week, if they cover against the Seahawks this week, what's the spread? Three flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and it's in in a game and where Cliff is terrible, but like it, it's it, they're not that bad. In a game where the Seahawks were playing like for everything and the Cardinals really weren't because they, I guess they, they had to figure that the Rams, you know, had a pretty good chance of beating the 49ers. So I'm with you. You're, you're absolutely buying the Cardinals at the rock bottom of the market. And um, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm, it, this should be a flat three. Yeah. This should and be three. so this is the Cardinals first. So. Um, I believe this is, this is crazy, but like the Rams and the Cardinals have been in the same division since 2002. And I want to say this is the first time they've made the playoffs at the same time. Wouldn't be surprising. This is the better quarterback getting points. Easy. Yeah, of course. Better quarterback is getting points. I mean, that's not happening in any of the other games. Yeah, yeah. By the way, this the NFC the- West did get three playoff teams, as we all foretold. Now, the one that didn't make it was Russ, with best quarterback in the division, probably. But not anymore. <laughs> not this year. No way, Jose. Thought Russ spun it today. Yeah, right. When it mattered most, he was there. Uh, this is the one game of the slate where the better quarterback, Kyler Murray, is getting points against Matt Stafford and the Rams. Um, are you? I mean, you answered this this morning, but just for our beloved fan base the Rams with Jared Goff their records identical yeah what's the record now 
They won 12 games. No, that's what they would win with golf this year. I mean, I, I don't see any. No one. Everybody's gonna get mad. I don't. Everybody, I don't. I don't get it. I don't football know. Football snobs are all gonna be like, oh, like because we had, yeah, like they're they're just gonna get mad because there's something about Stafford that whatever. But here's my thing about here's my thing about Stafford versus Goff. Stafford's clearly more talented than Goff. Hmm. McVeigh is on his best behavior with Goff. He he's let his hair down a little bit with Stafford and. Their offense is like their offense this year is worse than 2018 when they mm -hmm. made the Super Bowl. Yeah, like right. Yeah, the infatuation with Stafford it's, is is so interesting. It's indie band bullshit. It's 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 like it's indie band bullshit. Yeah, what do you like, mean by that? It's like well, I was <laughs> I was a Stafford guy well before they drafted. Oh oh yeah oh I like was the, the, yeah. oh yes this yeah. is oh this is what you're talking about yeah. so. What you're talking about is the person who a band gets big, yeah, and you're at a party and someone goes, "Man, I just love this." But the band. problem is, hold is on, this band let, me, sucks. let me finish. Let me finish. This band comes on. I love this band, and this person goes, "I saw them at Coachella yeah, yeah. four years ago. They were. I was on, on mushrooms the first time they ever. They weren't, uh, it was before yeah. they. They weren't even a headline. They were the really small yeah, font yeah. at the bottom. They were. On, they weren't even on the main stage. They weren't even on a side stage. They were on a, in an underground cave. And I was one of only five people. They weren't even actually, they weren't even scheduled to be at Coachella. They went there as as fans and then brought their instruments and played in an underground cave. Yeah. And I was one of five people that saw them. And that's the, the problem so is, you know. is Stafford's a band that has always had <laughs> like it, it has always had grade A, well, let's say grade B amenities, and it still isn't good. He's, like he's good, he's not great. I think that's the thing. Yeah, that's the point. But like they're not. He like like if somebody said, "Look, I knew I I knew about Stafford because in Detroit." I'm like, "Yeah, great. No one cares." Like he's he's a, you know, he's a he's he's a Kirk Cousins with a little bit extra. That's what that's who that's who that's who he is. Yeah, and actually, Kirk played better than him this year. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to think of like the right analogy, which I think your analogy is really, really good. And I'm glad I got to make a Coachella <laughs> reference. Yeah. But I was also thinking about like, you know, you're in a bar and it's dark and like you can really make things appear as they really aren't yeah. in real life. And um, I feel like people have just been watching Matt Stafford like dressed up at a bar. And it's like, yeah, it's impressive. It can look really cool from yeah. a distance. And then you like get up close and like the light is shined on you in a moment yeah. where it like well, really matters. You're like, ah, uh, yeah. I think, Maybe I not. think, and like, it, look, like we love people, like football Twitter is, is great, but I think football Twitter sometimes get it, gets in these ruts of saying like Justin Herbert. And I, and I know we got, we Google and God got over Herbert and he's great. He hasn't, let's say he has another season and they go eight and nine. And it's kind of like he averages like seven yards pass attempt. It's Joe that. Lombardi, the yeah, all this shit, right? And everybody's gonna be like, oh man, like like the, the the despair over some of these players who's like, or like Christine Michael did nothing wrong. It's like Christine Michael sucks. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, and there there are there are Twitter accounts uh, where guys are like, Christine Michael. I did saw Christine yeah, Michael yeah. perform. Yeah, yeah. At, it wasn't even Coachella. I, I actually can't even tell you the name of the event because it didn't have a name. That's how low key it was. Exactly. And they're all and, and these people have applied this to Matt Stafford. And it's like, folks, Stafford had three number one pick tight ends on his team. He had Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to even think uh, of more guys. Nate Burleson. 
Like they had people on that team. They had an offensive line. They drafted Taylor Decker the, in the first round, <laughs> Frank Ragnar in the first round, <laughs> Riley Reef in the first round. They uh, bad. They put Reggie Bush in his backfield. Is there actually a band that Matt Stafford is like? I mean, it's Nickelback. Oh, stop! Nickelback is the no like, stop. I mean, there's no one standing for Nickelback, no, but no, it's like that quality of no. pl- that's a, that quality of no. I'll think of it. I'll think of it. There's someone out there that like people think is really good, and they're just not that good. Look at this photograph. That's how they sound. Oh my tell me, god! Tell what me this. That tell me they don't sound. It's only one fifty-one. Tell me they don't sound like a person who's. Can wife you do ma- that again? No, you can't. Look at this photograph. Like that's how they sound. That's that's how Stafford plays. Stafford plays like Nickelback sounds. Oh my god! Tomorrow, <laughs> the the college football national championship. It's going to be an absolutely <laughs> wonderful event. The Georgia Bulldogs are two and a half point favorites over the Alabama Crimson Tide. I will just say this. I know I've seen this tweet 45 times. Teams that have met in the regular season and then play again in the playoffs, like the rematch, the loser of the first game is undefeated and all that stuff. Um, I'm still taking Alabama as an underdog with Nick Saban. What about you? Uh, there's a lot of great pro- uh, props material that's going to be on our website. Yes. Ben Brown wrote an article there. And you know, we'll also, we have a PFF Live show. Can I tease it a little bit? Sure. Okay. So, as you know, PFF has been working hard on video content in this new here studio. And, you know, it starts out, it's always a little rough. These shows have become legitimately compelling. And I'm telling you, tomorrow night's is going to be by far the most compelling you will have seen to date. On the show today, I mean, the show today was, you guys were on an absolute heater, especially you, I might add. The show tomorrow, I have heard that you, sir, are going to be partaking in a delicacy that you can only get here in Cincinnati, Skyline Chili. I'm tuning in. I'm going to come watch this live because I don't even believe that watching it, you know, without being here live will do it justice. Uh. This is the result of a bet that you lost with Anthony Tresh. <clears throat> Anthony Tresh has also lost a bet and will be getting dumped, will be getting covered in butter, not quite mayonnaise, yeah. butter, which he believes is uh, a, a... I will eat Skyline Chili for the price of watching Anthony Tresh get doused in something he thinks is fake. Yeah. So you should tune in tomorrow. It'll be at 6. 6 o'clock. Uh, and then the On National the Championship game is right at 8. Uh, so it'll be a well. It'll it says eight. It'll start at like eight forty-five. But it'll be a fun time. A lot of player props. It's the one game in college football where you get an assortment of player props. We'll be there to help you out. Uh, yeah, fun game. I can't wait. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We love you all. We'll be back on Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>